We're, I know. We're very excited we're for very this excited. interview. We're about to welcome to Outspoken, Sharon Needle. She is the winner of season four's Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, and she's currently on tour. I looked at her schedule, and it's insanity. So we want to thank Sharon Needles for coming to the to our show. Are you there, Sharon? I'm I'm here. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm a little late. That's no okay. Coffee, no talking. Uh, <laughs> right. I I have completely to agree understand. With you. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. And you have to give me a minute because I need to hyperventilate because right. you're on the phone. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We're on gay time. You're on drag time. We're all good. And you are awesome. And Correct. I'm dying right now. I'm dying. I'll, I'll say. I'll say. And you're dying. Uh, I am that's dying. One thing you and me have in common. <laughs> yeah. How appropriate. <laughs> exactly. Now, Sharon, uh, we know you're going to be in Seattle, of course, later in the month. I I believe you're down in Vegas. Is that correct? Right now? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am currently in the campiest town in America, <laughs> and, um, and, and, but, but we are headed our way north to the beautiful city of Seattle, the, the <sighs> land of, of Jinx Monsoon and the land of Ben de la Crème. But right, my personal, right. Favorite, my personal favorite, Jackie Hell. I yeah. love it. And I have to say, you are on, I'm going to just say, RuPaul's Drag Race Battle of the Seasons Tour currently right now. And that's if people are in Seattle or maybe you're in Spokane and you want to take a, a little jaunt over the mountains. You're going to be there on February 11th at Showbox Soto. Is that right? February 11th, that's correct, yes. Oh, wow, how exciting. So you're on this tour right now. How is it working with all these fabulous queens, working and Michelle Visage? How is that? It's well, it's archaic, it's insanity, okay. but when it boils down to it, it's um it's it's a it's a family reunion. Um we we're a whole bunch of mm-hmm. uh, men in dresses that <laughs> yeah. come from a million different backgrounds and we're no we're no better or more talented than any other queen out there, but we do have one thing they don't have and, and that's luck. And that's yeah. because the legendary uh, and infamous group Paul gave us the opportunity to show the world our talent and our charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. So um, it, it's just great for us to be together. We're always, you know, being chucked around the world mm-hmm. in different directions, and it's nice for us to uh, to, to come together and, and be really mean to each other and make fun of each other. <laughs> Which is always fun. That's yeah. how our that's the basis of our show. Um, but it, I want it, to it, it's a blast. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? That's amazing. I want to ask. Let's do backtrack for Spokane listeners who, um, if they've lived under a rock and they don't know about Drag Race, how what was it like? How you know, we, we hear about queens who tried out over and over again. They sent in their videos. What was your experience on getting on the show? Uh, well, I auditioned because at the time um, I was uh, I was dating the, the kooky and ingenious Alaska. Uh, <laughs> I better just keep that <laughs> right. first we'll name just, basis. We'll yeah. just call her yeah, 5,000. I, I, was, I was dating someone uh, named Alaska, and uh, he was a drag performer who auditioned every season, got so close, never made it. And, and then I realized while we were dating, if, if he was to audition and get on the show, that I would uh, be, um, I would be so uh, jealous. It would uh, push <laughs> me towards suicide. So I, I said, so I said, well, if you're going to audition, I'm going to audition too, just so I know that if I if I don't get on, it at least I tried. And and of course, I get on my first try, <laughs> and, and, and and unfortunately, she had to wait another year. Right, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tell her you just had to go pave the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and you. I have to say, when you were on season four, your um, form of drag was, I think, new to so many of us who were watching the show. It was a whole different point of view than we had seen, which is what I think, I know it's what made me love you when I watched the show and got you such a huge, you know, of the viewers, such a huge fan base there. 
What were you thinking going in, knowing that your style of drag was so different? Well, I, I knew going in that I was cast as a sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I knew I was there for pretty girls to make fun of and for my costumes to fall apart on the runway. Uh-huh. Everyone have a good laugh and then and then send me home and, and, and maybe get past that episode two. I never expected <laughs> to get that far on it. You know, I've always right, been... A, right. Yeah, a transgressive, outsider, artistic style of drag, and that, that just never really made it that far. You know, Tammy mm. Brown never made it that far. Right. You know, previous queens that tried to think outside the box. But for, for audience members who uh, who saw me on the show and thought I was that outlandish and thought I was a type of drag they've never seen before, I, I just have one thing to say to them. You need to get out more. <laughs> because I didn't, I didn't, re- I didn't invent... Um, outsider art drag i was just contributing to it and, and right. in fact i think it's outsider art drag that mm-hmm. that made dragon a household name with people like divine and lady bunny and even rupaul's earlier work was all that punk rock trans right yeah. you know esthetist done style of performance art it, right. it wasn't until it wasn't until pop culture started um, taking from drag, mm-hmm. and then we had the Gaga's and the Nicki Minaj's, and then the, and then the snowball started coming. You know, the pop stars became the drag queens, and the drag queens mm-hmm. became the pop stars, and right. so back and forth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's re- it's really interesting to think about that to have pop culture take from drag. Right. They the kind fabulous. of blurred the lines. Finally, they really did. So where did where did you get your um, Sharon Needles persona? Where did this character come from? You know this out-of-the-box, crazy queen that we all love that's very different from any, everyone? Well, I, I do. I wanted my character to be a lot different from what mm-hmm. I saw in, in Clubland. And, and most of the queens I saw, um, they got their, their character power by being a little crass and a little mean, like, uh-uh, girl, you better don't, you know, this kind right. of yeah. aggressive uh, tone. So I just thought what's what's powerful and the opposite of that and i was and that would be stupidity and and i was inspired by people like ronda sheer from usa up all night elvira mm-hmm. peggy mm-hmm. bundy these powerful 80s bimbos that, mm-hmm. that that owned everything because they just weren't that bright and, yeah. and it made them funny and vulnerable <laughs> and lovable and 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 i like that yeah. I also wanted Sharon to be sexy, but in an in, in also in an unconventional way, more in a high fashion way. So mm-hmm. inspired by the fashion world, and you know Alexander McQueen and Heatherette, and you know these over the top exactly. designers. And then I knew I needed a third layer just to separate her from the rest. So I, I killed her. I made her dead. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean the ultimate. And when you're, yeah, when you're already dead, love can never die, and uh, <laughs> and dead girls never say no. So, right. <laughs> so they're much more popular, right? <laughs> and I have to say, one of the things what I loved about what you brought to Drag Race and what you brought as people became uh, more and more aware and more fans was there was so much more to you than this amazing aesthetic that we saw up there that we were fascinated by but then that wasn't all there was you are so well spoken that you did become such an inspiration to so many people did you expect that part um i I didn't expect it and i didn't want it i didn't want Mm -hmm. to be a role model i wanted to be a supermodel people (laughs) the people that the people i looked up to were dead by 27 you know right right I never wanted, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. I never right. wanted the responsibility of, of youngsters. I mean, I'm an, I'm an adult act who somehow mm-hmm. got on, on a children's show that's played at 10 o'clock at night on Logo. Right, right. Um, yeah. 
and and uh, and to say that um, to say that uh, there was more to me than other queens is just not true. All seventy-five of us are dented cans and damaged goods. Mm-hmm. The meat inside is still just as still just as delicious. I, I just think um, my story resonated with other people. And the thing is, is you know, the show is forty-two minutes long, but it takes thirty-six hours and twelve cameras to make an episode. Right. Sure, and exactly. they yeah. are and there are hired people on that show who's whose sole job is to take a potato peeler and peel away every layer that you have created to make yourself a strong adult and find that vulnerable spot. And once they found mine, I I just couldn't stop bleeding. I just couldn't stop bleeding. (laughs) I I had a hematoma or whatever you call it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it is. Of the soul. Yeah, right. Right. And well, I will say, I know, I know I have read your interviews where you say you didn't want that, but I will say by you just being Sharon Neal, just being who you are and out there and, Always saying the greatest, I would say, analogies, really. I always love the analogies you use. You still have somewhat embraced it a bit, don't you think? Um, What I I embraced, I think, the most is stardom. That's my favorite. (laughs) Sure. I I love that part, you know, (laughs) because that that was the thing that I was never supposed to have. That was the thing I never thought I deserved to have or had Mm -hmm. the talent to have. Mm -hmm. So when I I was given the one in a million chance to have it, it was something I didn't want to waste. And, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you just said you've listened to my uh, interview, so you're Mm -hmm. probably thinking you're speaking to um, just a squawk box of one-liners right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you follow my career, I've had my ups and downs, and, you know, I've I've learned what works and, and what doesn't work. And, you know, sometimes I think of myself as a, um, a political free speaker, and sometimes I think of myself as a, you know, punk rock brat that likes to push buttons. But, sure, right. Hey, Both so, needed. At the end of the Both. day, it's just me being honest. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, see, and that's, that's really what makes you the one of the greatest queens, one of the greats right. out there. And I don't mean to put you on this I'm huge... I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Could yeah. you read <laughs> <Yeah>. that part <laughs> one more time? You know, that's what makes you the greatest queen. Right? Um, oh, the greatest queen, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, it, I mumbled there. Um, <laughs> so let's get down to kind of a dirty topic here. You and Alaska... We have questions. Yeah. So, so <laughs> yes, you and okay, you were you were dating Alaska, and it was a kind of a public relationship. Um, you won Drag Race, and then Alaska continued into the next season. Let's talk about that relationship. Was that harder because you guys were so public at that time? You know, you both were kind of thrown in there into the public eye. Did that make it harder? Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people say to me, yeah. yeah. Well, what, 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 what a bright question. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, well, of course, when, when, when two downtown Pittsburgh drunk punk rock clowns have giant egos, that's what happens when you, when you throw RuPaul into the mix. It changes, it changes things. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, when, when, especially with our job, it, it made it extremely difficult, you know. I would be in Australia, and Alaska would be in, well, Alaska. So we were constantly just never together, you know, constantly, you know, having to talk about our relationship instead of living it, you know? Sure, yeah. So just constantly. And then and then you get every kid saying, you know, I wish, you know, I had a relationship like you in Alaska. And, you know, right. what we were really mm-hmm. thinking is, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because people think, People think a couple of episodes, you know, mm-hmm. justifies, mm-hmm. you know, this 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 epic uh, princess bride love story. Right. But 
but at the end of the day, it, it, it doesn't. And things change. They arrange. Right. They decay. No, my nail polish is actually called decay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to get some now. Yeah. No, and... I mean, it didn't help that I know Logo pushed it a lot, too. You know, they would talk about, oh, is this going to be the first royal couple? Because, you know, uh, she made it so far in her season. And there was that pressure pressure on it as well. And then the other dirty question we want to know is, I mean, I, of course, we probably know the answer. But we're going to ask a bright question again. You guys are, you're on this tour together. And a lot of times working, is it like... Is it easy to work with each other? Is it, or is it going to get down and dirty like Dynasty? It it goes like this: if, if if you can be strong enough to replace the word boy with best, then you you lose the boyfriend and you gain the best friend. Oh, so anytime, oh. so anytime we get to work together, it's great. And why wouldn't we? I mean, we're both two really big weirdos yeah. and a pack full of beauty bitches, you know. So right. It's like, so when it's me, Alaska, and, you know, Carmen Carrera, I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of the only thing we have. Right. I love but it. It's, it's, but it's true. It's like, you know, I won the show, and then Alaska got so close to winning, and she didn't. And, I mean, that's why me and Jinx have been happily married for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, right. Which I love. <laughs> now, not kidding. That's, <laughs> that's okay. We wanted an exclusive, so we're just going to take it and uh, run. We like almost a, died when you... Like a tabloid. We're just like a tabloid. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I do want to ask you this. So they finally announced that the new season is March 2nd. So, of course, we're dying. Now, they made it. I know. March March 2nd, 2017. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's going to be a long break. I do have to say, so one huge change. And so I have like a two-part question. So Santino is out. And now we have Carson Carson Kressley and Ross Matthews. First of all, what was your impression of the judges, Michelle, Michelle Visage and, and Santino, when you were on? Uh, well, um, I never expected to fall in love with Michelle Visage. I think um, <laughs> I think I um, found her more like a mother character than anyone on the panel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, RuPaul keeps it pretty. Um, she plays the game very fairly. She will speak to you and tell you everything she's thinking while that camera is running. Right. But Shell right. has this way of actually, you can actually feel this emotional investment coming from her. And um, and as far as Santino, um, I know he comes off a little doofus on camera, but if, uh, if you could really hear the unedited critiques he gives these girls, they're actually so, so inspiring. I remember the first episode of The Apocalypse when LaShawn Beyond came down in the blue tarp couture gown with the giant mm-hmm. globe on her head. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if we could really hear what Santino said, as he's saying, um, you know, the apocalypse for some is the end of the world, but in some countries, their apocalypse has already begun. And LaShawn Beyond looked as if she was a strong black woman holding up the woes of the world above her. And it was just, wow. it was so poetic and, wow. and beautiful. And, and of course, they edit that all out and just have him like mumbling with a lazy eye or something. Yeah, yeah. they really. Um, they really well, they want to. They want to put I, him I, against I, each I, other. I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the departure of Santino is kind of sad. But this is what I'll have to say, and this is all my idea. And I, I get clocked for saying everything is my idea because it is. <laughs> yeah. but when Ross Matthews was the celebrity judge of episode six of the Snatch Game of season four, mm-hmm. his critiques were so spot on, so honest, but with that tinge of Paula Abdul's sweetness and a couple of painkillers that I just, I told the studio execs, if anything ever happens to these judges, make sure Ross Matthews is the forefront to be a permanent judge. That was all my idea. 
I and we are always on this show going to give you credit for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> always. Yeah, and, and as for Carson, okay, It should be interesting, is what I yeah. is what I will say. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> is that the most important thing is that RuPaul is still in that exactly. oh, with her exactly. own lighting team. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right, because it is always <laughs> flawless. flawless. She always brings it. So speaking of the show, as we have been, because that's the whole conversation, um, <laughs> your season and these uh, last seasons that have been on, who are your favorite queens? Who are the queens that have really stood up, maybe inspired you, maybe have made you think that you are better than everyone else because they're not great? <laughs> Who are the queens? <laughs> um, well, in 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 a true statement yes. that also matches a politically correct statement, yeah. <laughs> every single queen who has been granted a golden ticket <laughs> is a hero of mine because it is no easy task. Sure. It, it seems easy. It seems it seems easy, but to do drag without alcohol is is, is yeah. one of God's biggest punishments. <laughs> and um and this is coming from someone who is who's on the fifth day of not having a drink. So oh. I, I can tell you from experience. Oh yeah. my god. Oh wow. don't don't read into it. I may ruin it within days. <laughs> um <laughs> And by not having a drink, it just means you know three glasses of wine a day. But, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, right. Just water. My my fa- my favorite queen from all seasons, and, and and it's and it's not hard for me to answer this, and it's the same in every interview. Is the is the amazing, the impeccable, the 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 funny without knowing it, Alyssa Edwards. She just <gasps> does everything for me. Because queens to me, the, the visual the person. Personality has the power to change the way I think you look visually. Right. So I don't I don't care about her big hair or overpainted face or you know right. sometimes her questionable costume, but the, the the crap that comes out of her mouth. Right. So funny and so yeah. genius. And the funny thing about it is that she's not she's not that aware that what she's saying is funny. <laughs> so it it kills her. And I love I love comedians like yeah. you know, like myself or Jinx or Bianca yeah. Del Rio that really craft their uh, right. phonetics with comedy. Mm-hmm. But she she just has no idea what's falling out of that hole in her face. <laughs> nine times out of ten, it's hilarious, and it's not an act. You know, I, I I work with her all the time. I got to do an episode of Alyssa's Secret. Yes, I saw. Um, and and she's just a, a hoot and a holler and a, and a really really sweet person. She's just she's done knots in a wig and she's insane. <laughs> That's the best quote ever. I love that. That's our new soundbite. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> soundbite. Speaking of soundbites, okay, we do this thing here where we ask all of our guests um, to say, uh, "This is my name." Insert here. Um, you are listening to KYRS or listening to K- Outspoken. Here, so KYRS. Yes, you're listening. So, yeah, this is so complicated. This is always so complicated. So I'm just going to say how it goes. You're going to say, you hi, go. this is Sharon Needles, whatever you want to say about you. And you're listening to Outspoken on KYRS. There it is. And we only ask the people we like. <laughs> I'm good at these, but I always get the letters mixed up. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? The most important it. is that you I say our Outspoken. three Ks in there or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? We can... Go ahead, drop the letters, and just make sure you say our name, Outspoken. What are, what are the letters? <laughs> K-Y-R-S. R-S, and this is Outspoken. Mm-hmm. And then I get to do, and then you get to hear the infamous Share Needle 17 Hump Laugh. I love it. <clears throat> Boo! This is Share Needles, and you're listening to Outspoken at K-Y-R-S. <laughs> 
That Perfect. was the greatest Amazing. gift you could oh. <laughs> ever give to us. Other than one day we're going to get you to Spokane, just so you know. Right. That will happen. Yeah. But now we are yeah, full I, I, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. We are so fulfilled. Sharon, you are nothing but charming and hilarious, as you already know. And, again, the greatest queen of all time. Mm-hmm. So, oh, hey. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't forget that, as long as I keep off the sauce. Right, yeah. right. It's perfect. <laughs> and we want to say we're going to put up uh, your tour schedule on our website and make sure everybody knows how to buy tickets and to go see you, because we support you 100%. Try to find time for a drink. Oh, thank you, girls. <laughs> you have a wonderful Sunday. Mm. Bye. Hail Satan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Sharon Needle. She is winner of season four's Drag Race, one of the hilarious queens, also known as the Spooky Queen. And I have to say, she is always entertaining, always has some great one-liners, and there's always this, she slips in some wisdom. In she there really that does. Yeah, that She's, was that yeah. was very good interview. Oh my god. She's gosh. really good at wow. public speaking. You can see her sh- or you can see her schedule at sharonneedles.com. So be sure to run over there and see where she is. You can also go there and hit the link for February 11th Seattle show at Shadowbox Soto. It's at 1700 First Avenue South. It's going to be at 8 p.m. they open those doors. So you can go get tickets now. Tickets are pre-sale between $35 and $75. If you wait for the door, it is going to cost you so go to, for the door. go to SharonNeedles.com or RuPaul, B-O-T-S, Battle of the Seasons Tour.com.